You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 117 of Push the Point, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for season four of the Overwatch League, presented by Mash Those Buttons. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for tuning in on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons or listening on your podcast platform of choice. We are looking for reviews right now, so please leave us a review of what you like about the show, what we can make better. We're always trying to find new ways of improving what we've got. Follow us on Twitter at pushpointpod and leave us an email at pushthepoint at gmail.com. Like I said, I am Ramses. I am joined by Labosco this evening, a Saturday evening, actually. Sunday is a little bit complicated this week, but different day around the same time ish kind of for us today. Yeah, yeah. This is a little bit later than we would normally. Well, depends. Sometimes we have to start a little later. So it works. It's it's all the same. Um, I mean, the news this week is pretty out there, but uh, who would have thought that you you thought maybe we'd have a little bit of a break? And nope cases that that is not the case at all we got a lot that we get to talk about this week so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know every time i think like we've said this how many times on the show every time we think that it'll be quiet for a week or so more stuff comes out so we have a lot of news to get into this week uh we'll just jump right into it um first things first the Hangzhou spark earlier this week terminated mcd's contract um for in-game behavior Uh, They released a statement uh, on August 24th saying that today the Hangzhou Spark was made aware of an incident involving MCD's in-game behavior. MCD's action and comments has broken the stipulation of the player contract. It also against the Hangzhou Spark's team value. His action was not consistent with the expectation of the Hangzhou Spark players and staff. As stated, Zhang Ho, MCD Lee's player contract will be terminated from today. He will no longer serve the role of Hangzhou Spark's flex support player. Hangzhou Spark organization. Um, so from what we've been, so from what kind of the word was going around, MCD apparently was hurling insults towards Chinese players in, um, in game in overwatch specifically. I think the person who has caught the most headlines for it was the main tank of the Chengdu hunters Academy team. I didn't see if there was specific people or not. One thing I did see um was there was a lot that apparently he 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 was hurling it not just at chinese people but also kind of didn't really matter but it didn't change the fact that he said racist remarks but he um apparently is a very toxic in-game person apparently it's suspected to be um x-ray he was a chinese player um and again mcd is a guy who's playing on a chinese team so it's not surprising that these sorts of statements are dealt with this. Uh, well, from what we saw with the CABLB situation earlier this year, when it comes to matters like along this line, the Chinese teams are very tough and very matter of fact with how they treat these sorts of situations. So it's not necessarily surprising to see what's happened to MCD. I will say it's, you probably don't go this far if you don't have coldest waiting in the wings, at least in my personal assessment. I mean, if Coldest was waiting in the wings, why wouldn't you just put him in already, though, too? Like, I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that I don't think has as much merit as you think. 
because if they if Coldis was as good as people believe he is, and you know, I was one of those people who thought Coldis was going to be a great player once he finally broke in, uh, they would have played him already. So I, I I don't think that has really anything to do with it. I think this is more of a decision from the team that they don't want to tolerate anything like this. And there's plenty of evidence to the fact that this was something that uh, has happened multiple times. There is yeah. even a, a comment on Weibo from Gaga saying, I'm very curious how many Chinese players have been humiliated by him. Speaking of MCD. So apparently there's a lot of players as well that are just not surprised by this at all whatsoever. People wanted to try and spin this as well. Um, you saw people trying to come to the defense of like, oh, well, they're going to fire it. Like, this is the first time. Like they're only going to fire him for this one thing. It's like, no, more than likely for something like this and for the position that team's in, I would imagine like this is something that's happened enough times to where they've already known about it. It had to have. It, 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 there's, there's no way it couldn't have been that, right? Like the amount of times that you have to, like when you have actual Overwatch League players commenting about it and talking about how bad it is, you know that it's a problem that's known. So I, I wonder what was the final straw or if it was something that they were because I, I don't know how well teams monitor what their players are doing when they're playing in game, especially if they're not streaming constantly. Maybe this is something that just wasn't something that the, the right people knew about. If well, you know what I mean. the, com the comparison people have made was that either last year or two years ago, Violet on the shock was fined by the league and by the and by the shock not for saying racist things specifically but for being really toxic in game as yeah. well yeah he he so. was very toxic um i forget what exactly he said but what he said wasn't very good though either what what he had said was um wasn't it along the lines of telling someone to kill themselves or I, am i wrong i think it might have been i i, I i'm not 100 percent sure so don't quote us on it but it, it was to the point where people who were fans of him, I know, became weren't fans of him anymore. So mm -hmm. he he's done his time. Um, like I said, it wasn't to the level of being racist, but it's still I mean, that's like the next level below. So it, it's it's pretty darn close. So, yeah. So going forward, he's no longer on the team. It's a sad end of a career for at least you would expect, right? It's a sad end of the season for a guy who was really looking like no, one of it's not sad. It's his own not, fault. It's, it's not sad. Let me rephrase that. Then it's a disappointing end of the season. It's disappointing some, that he's that way. Yeah, for sure. Yes. It's a disappointing. Is this point to see somebody turn out like this, but especially too, because like they sneak into the playoffs, like this is their opportunity to, or play-ins, I should be correct. Um, they, they sneak into the play-ins. This is their opportunity to make some waves, maybe. Who knows? But they don't end up even uh, having him for that because he ends up not being a great person. So, mm -hmm. um, Another story coming out of the general Overwatch kind of app like sphere this week. Uh, the Overwatch team made an announcement regarding McCree, actually. Um, they put out a statement earlier this week on the 26th talking about how they built the Overwatch universe around certain ideas and a certain philosophy. And that as they continue to discuss how they can best live up to that philosophy and 
that commitment and committing and creating a game world that reflects those things. They think it's necessary to change the name of the hero currently known as McCree to something that better represents what Overwatch stands for. Um, we realize that any change to such a well-loved and central hero in the game's fiction will take time to roll out correctly and we'll share updates as this work progresses. In the near term, they had planned to start off a narrative arc in September with a new story and game content, which McCree was a key part of. Since they want to integrate this change into that story arc, they're going to be delaying it until later this year and instead launch a new free-for-all map this September. By the way, that free-for-all map was supposed to come out earlier this month. Um, yeah. W- right when um, the ABK um, thing came out. Lawsuit. In-game Going forward, in-game characters will no longer be named after real employees and will be more thoughtful and discerning about adding real-world references in future Overwatch content. This will help reinforce that we're building a fictional universe that is unmistakably different from the real world and better is- illustrates that the creation of Overwatch is truly a team effort. Um, update work is underway. We know that actions speak louder than words, and we hope that we to show you our commitment to making Overwatch a better experience in-game and continue to making our team the best it can be, the Overwatch team. So we'll like there's a couple of things to break down with this. Um, I think something to spell right off the top. People try to, and let me, I always say people to try and generalize. There was a contingent of people on social media who were trying to throw this as, well, this is Blizzard trying to spin this. This is Blizzard making a small concession and washing their hands of everything from ABK over the past month. And that is not true at all. They may try and co-opt this a little bit, but this is a statement directly from the Overwatch team. And when you look at social media from people who are on the Overwatch team, this is something that very much seems to be reflective of their values and what they stand for rather than anything coming down from corporate. Which I think is important that people need to understand the difference between the 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 corporate leaders, the the management of Activision Blizzard and the Overwatch team and, and the WoW team and all the different teams, right? Like there's different entities inside of Blizzard and they're going to have different thoughts and opinions and views anyways, just because that's natural. But also Activision Blizzard is the umbrella, right? Everything else falls underneath that. Now, just because you're under the umbrella doesn't mean you're the same thing. So obviously the statement is, you know, from specifically the Overwatch team. This is something that they wanted to do. Now, I get people saying, um, what does this really do? This is self, you know, grandize, you know, like trying to make it seem like, oh, look at what we're doing to make things better. Okay, that's that's okay to, to, to look at it that way, but to also understand it's still a good step. It's not a great step. It's not even a good step. It's a step. You know, it's something that needed to happen. It's something they should mm-hmm. have been doing from the beginning. It, the the one nice part about the the statement that was given out was there seems to be some self-reflection in it, at least a little bit, right? In that, you know what? We shouldn't have been naming people in, in our games after employees anyways. It's not a good idea because you don't you never truly know who somebody is. Right. Mm -hmm. So so from that aspect, I I get it. I I understand um, why Blizzard wants to do this. And I can understand people being like, well, why didn't you just do this and and not make an announcement about it? They were going to have to do something. So I I don't really understand that a whole lot. Like there people would have made a big deal about it if all of a sudden the name of the cowboy was changed like tomorrow. Right. And Mm -hmm. Blizzard didn't say anything or the Overwatch team. I should be more specific. Um, 
I, I, I don't think it was as bad as some people were making it out to be. It's something that needed to be done. But the important part that, that I can agree with those people on is continuing to hold Activision Blizzard and the Overwatch team and every other team part of Activision Blizzard accountable that they are going to keep pushing for actionable changes. So mm-hmm. and, and more so the, the people that we need to hold most accountable are the people in the management part of Activision Blizzard, right? The higher ups of the company, because those are the ones that have allowed for this environment to happen. Those are the ones that need to have the most pressure put on them to make changes happen. Not that the people who are underneath don't necessarily. It seems like they're doing they're trying to get rid of a lot of those people who were problems. Uh, we've seen a lot of people be let go over the past, I don't know, couple of weeks, right? So mm-hmm. th- there definitely seems to be some sort of movement, but there, it's still not enough, especially because policy changes and things like that, that Blizzard employees specifically are asking for still haven't happened. So yeah, th- there's su- it's such a broad thing to, to, to look at this and, and be, be overly mad because like, this is going to make everything blow over. Like, no, it's not. No, nobody, nobody is thinking that. And mm. I, I don't get why people are so heavy handed in thinking that this is going to be it. Like, there's just so much news that's coming out that Blizzard has no choice but to keep addressing things because they're going to have this lawsuit go very badly, especially with more and more news that just continues to come out. It hasn't stopped. And well, because of that, I don't think it is going to stop. And we'll touch upon that on, we'll touch on that news in a second. Right. I want to like, something that's important to say here is that there is a contingent of people in the gaming sphere on social media who will take any chance they can get to dogpile on Blizzard and then really go worst case scenario with anything related to Blizzard, especially with things going on in the past couple months. And not to say that Blizzard doesn't deserve it in plenty of times, but people like we said people immediately like jumped into well this is just blizzard trying to like pave this over this is blizzard just trying to make this way or even like what is like naming a character going to do this is stupid this is performative and without bothering to even look at the even think about the discourse or even like dig any deeper than that there's something about thinking about the victims how they might feel about not having that name in a video game that maybe they love Maybe they were part of working on it in that person's name. Every time they play the game, every time that somebody plays that specific character, they have to see it. Well, and like 10 times out of 10, do we want a character to be named after somebody who was involved or tied to things that have been mentioned in this lawsuit? Uh, No, 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 I don't. I don't want that character name in my video game. Also, it's the name of a freaking character. Who cares? Like, but I understand that's generalizing it a lot, but like there are way like. This is not as like people that, like there are, there's another contingent of people acting like, oh, my gosh, you're breaking everything. You're destroying everything. It's like, no, you can change a character name. It's just a name. It, it's whatever it, it's. I, I there, see now you have to be careful when you say it's just a name, because then people can use the argument. Well, if it's just a name, then why not just keep it as what it is? Because most people don't associate that name with being a person who works at blizzard or worked at blizzard mm-hmm. i should say so so like there's that part of the argument too but that's only thinking about one section of people that's not thinking about other people who are maybe more directly impacted by this person so i i i think that regardless of that 
it shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is. The statement being what it is shouldn't like open the floodgates for people to to think that like one of the most disappointing things I saw was people like, oh, well, that doesn't change anything about the game. That doesn't make the game better. And it's like. That's not what the focus should be right now. Oh, like, you saw what? it. Remember, like, remember when, like, Jenny Barra and, um, sorry, not Jenny Barra. I got the names confused. When the two um, new people were promoted in leadership, immediate response. Like, I already saw people going on Twitter being like, oh, these people have been in working with Overwatch since this balance change and this balance change and this balance change. This is crap. They're going to be horrible leaders for the game. It's like, they're they're, that is not what's game. important right now. That is not what's important. They're not even the leaders of the game. They're in management. It's completely different. Like they, mm-hmm. they don't have like, like if there's anybody that you're looking at, you're looking at the head of the Overwatch team. You, that's who you should be looking at as far as balance and things like that. And even then, like there's people in the balance team that that's their job. Like, like the people like just want to have a figurehead to blame things on. They want a scapegoat. It, it's, it's really stupid. It's really dumb. It's, not where the focus should be. And here's the thing. You can want the game to be better and also want things to be better at Blizzard. Like those two mm-hmm. things are not like, like you don't have to have them separated. They are not mutually exclusive. You can want a better game and a better environment for the people making the game. So guess what? If the people making the game are in a better environment, more than likely the game will be going to make better. a better game. <laughs> so like like i i don't understand the logic of some people sometimes where it's like you're focusing on the wrong things at the wrong time so it's it's just disappointing because some of the people are people that you'd hope wouldn't say things like that sometimes so it's just kind of ridiculous well and i think part of that too is that people i I haven't seen this with other games. It might just be something I've only seen with Overwatch where there is this specific negative stance that people want to take out on Overwatch specifically. And it seems like people gets are so doomer about everything that happens with Overwatch where it just any change, no matter what it is, is caused to completely dumpster everything. Well, yeah, I mean, you have people who are like, you know, Grandmaster and above that will say the game is crap, but they'll have 700 hours that they just played in the game. It's like, mm. why are you playing that? Stop playing the game. Just stop playing. If, it, if the game is that crap, if you're that mad, stop playing. If you don't enjoy game. it, don't play. Don't play. Stop playing. You have a problem if you keep playing and you're that mad at the game. You really do. Now, I get if it, like you're somebody who is getting paid to play maybe that's a little bit different but chances are you're not paid to play so stop playing just stop just 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 stop it, it it's it, it should be that simple for some people but it's not there's more to talk about with activision blizzard as well uh you mentioned it earlier that more and more news continues to come out of the company really quick, not good news should- either no, not good news. It should be remind we should be we should be reminding people as well. It's been a month and there still has been no comment from Activision Blizzard leadership on demands made from ABK employees. Uh for all purposes, I think it's just been ignored with the intention of hopefully things blow it down, things move on to something else, but at this point with how news keeps coming out and I think just the amount of storm around blizzard right now it's very hard 
I, I don't see that happening. No, it's one of those things where if you were to talk to somebody, just a random person right now who plays video games, and you were to ask them a question about Blizzard, they would probably make a comment about, oh, you mean the 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 company that employs uh, terrible people? Frat pe- Boy Company? Yeah, the Frat Boy Company. They'd say, you know, something like that. The the company that that doesn't like that, you know, doesn't take care of women or you know doesn't help women. Something like that is probably what they would say, right? So. <laughs> Like that's like the feeling that people have. We're just like just average people who who aren't like dedicated to Blizzard in some sort of way. So the negative impact is already there. Just the numbers alone at Blizzard show that, too. So if they think everything's going to just blow over they're they're really they're really, really. uh, I, I guess that would be. Farsighted, right? Or no, no, nearsighted. They'd be very nearsighted. They could only see what's in front of their face. They don't see what's actually happening beyond. Uh, an article came out earlier this week from Polygon. Sorry if you could hear my stomach on there. Um, an <laughs> article came out earlier this week from Polygon saying that Activision Blizzard has suppressed evidence in sex dec- discrimination lawsuit. Um, that the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has expanded its gender discrimination and sexual harassment lawsuit to allege that Activision Blizzard suppressed evidence during their initial investigation. Axios reported on Tuesday that the DFEH's complaint against Activision Blizzard was amended Monday to include new allegations of retaliation, specifically that the company suppressed evidence and interfered with the government investigation Updated portions of the complaint state that Activision Blizzard reportedly shredded internal documents related to complaints and investigations. Activision Blizzard violated the law by not holding on to these sorts of documents. The DFEH called these actions willful, malicious, fraudulent, and oppressive. And this comes in this this comes in the wake of a lot of people talking about these ABK allegations in the lawsuit. I've seen I've seen the response in a couple different places. And again, there's, there's that contingent of tw- on social media who are going to be like this saying, well, why didn't they go to HR? If there was a problem, why didn't people just go to HR? And this article and from just reports we have from people working at Activision Blizzard in general is that HR was, do- was of course not helping, but in fact, doing the opposite, making things worse. And you and I have talked about on the show before, Lobo, that in almost all cases, no, not in almost, in all cases, HR is not there to protect you. The HR is there to protect the company. Yep. Yeah. HR is, is I've seen it at other companies. Um, HR is there to protect the company, not, not the people. Um, they might say that, but that's not the case. Now, I think it's important to look at the Axios article as well, because the Axios article has um, something from a spokesperson from Activision Blizzard because they reached out to them for comment. So here's, here's this, this is important. This is something that tells you uh, that everything that Activision Blizzard might be trying to portray for certain things isn't happening, that they're not listening, that the lawsuit is going to just continue to move forward at the the pace that it has. And this is a snowball that's going to possibly blow up in their face. Right. So here's this is from the Axios report. A spokesperson for Activision Blizzard told Axios that the company has complied with every proper request in support of its review even as we have been implementing reforms to ensure our workplaces are welcoming and safe for every employee. Okay, that's the first part. This is the next part. And this is these next two quotes are the most important and the most damning in showing that Activision Blizzard is still tone deaf. 
with regards to claims that we have destroyed information by shredding documents, those claims are not true. We took appropriate steps to preserve information relevant. Now, this is the important part, the relevant part to the DFEH mm -hmm. investigation. So basically what they're saying is what we shredded had nothing to do with the investigation. That's what I get when I hear that quote, because they're not saying that things weren't shredded. They're saying that it wasn't information relevant to what the DFEH is asking for. But the point mm -hmm. is, is they shouldn't be shredding anything. That's the problem. And that's why it is an infraction and why it's bad. And there's no way that we can believe that that's actually the case of what they were shredding. So this is bad. This looks bad. This is not a good statement, in my opinion. This next one, also really bad. We have provided the DFEH with clear evidence that we do not have any gender pay or promotion disparities. What? That is like the basis of everything. And there's proof. If you look online, there's employees coming out about the fact that this isn't true. Our senior leadership is increasingly diverse with a growing number of women in key leadership role across the company. So maybe that part is true, but that doesn't mean that there isn't disparity in pay. Now, maybe they can prove that from what I've seen on Twitter. I don't see how they could. So mm -hmm. I, that, that part to me tells me that that Blizzard isn't listening. Simple as that. And then it's, it's very much the statements we've seen before where it's them acknowledging well no we didn't do that like we were we're fine we didn't do like the horrible thing we just did something kind like within the realm of it we talk about like they shredded documents that weren't important the dfeh is specifically like is claiming that these documents that they've shredded are ones that they were specifically told to hold on to by the dfeh for the coming suit well the, the thing is is that when you're in a position like that you're not supposed to shred anything you're not supposed to do things like that right that that is that is the the problem that I see it. It, it may very well have been things not relevant to the case. It doesn't matter. That's the that's the point. Right. Like you're not following what they told you to do if you did that. And now they haven't outright said that happened from this. It looks like they're saying to me I, I, the way that it's worded. I see how they can say, well, it wasn't relevant. What was shredded? They could be just saying that nothing was shredded. Right. They they left it very open ended, and I think they did it that on purpose with their with their statement to Axios. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I get when I look at this and I see the wording that it is right when we look at the actual language that was used in the statement. So to me, that still sends a bad example of what is happening at Blizzard as far as upper management, HR, things like that. The areas where Clearly, things need to be looked at the most. Mm -hmm. Also, this is illegal. Like if the doc, if them shredding these documents is illegal. And there's more too. like the, the, the Axios article will have linked. It's um, it's very much worth a read. The, so is the Polygon one. Um, I, the Polygon expands on different areas. Um, the, the Axios one is more sort of specific to the lawsuit stuff, uh, that came up first. And it also kind of explains why these things mattered. Um, obviously, because if you're amending the complaint, that means you're at it. In this case, they're adding on to it by amending it. So that's pretty bad. Like you don't normally like normally. So normally if you know how like any lawsuits work, like normally when there's amendments that are happening to a complaint, usually things are being taken off the complaint not being added on. So that's really, that's a bad look too for Blizzard as well. 
Mm-hmm. There was also a story, I don't have it in front of me, where they were talking about, did you see this on social media this week? About, I don't know if it was, um, I don't remember who I saw posting it. As far as them talking about going to a local like dining establishment that is like a common place for people at Activision Blizzard to go to and talking to employees there about how their patrons who have been there who are up in upper management were completely making a big joke of the thing and saying it's ridiculous while they were dining there. No, I, I, I didn't see anything like that at all. But if that's the case, that's really bad, too. Um. Yeah, I, I didn't see that on social media, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there, right? Well, I should I shouldn't go any f- further forward with it because I don't have the actual thing in front of me. But someone made a point in here that's very interesting where you look at and granted, this would never happen because Bobby Kotick's not giving back his money, but we're not giving back that bonus. But it's a position it's a tweet from uh from Halloran. Imagine being in a position to offer $50 million to employees to increase wages and improve the overall work environment while still having an extra $100 million on top of your base salary and never even consider that as an option. Like, seriously, Bobby Kotick could end this whole thing today if he wanted, but he'd rather drag the whole company through this. If I was a shareholder, I would be living with this guy. Um, unfortunately, I think the people who hold the most shares are the people that Bobby Kotick is probably closest to. Of so- course. I, I don't know if that's going to matter anyways. I think it's a pretty good. Um, was it a tweet? Was it uh, whatever it was that, that's a, it's true. But it, at the same time, if he doesn't have to, why is he going to? You know what I mean? Like it, it's not going to regardless of what happens with the lawsuit, that money that Bobby Kotick got still going to be his. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect him. In the oh, slightest no, he's not getting it. He's yeah. that's not getting going back at all. Exactly. Oh. So so to him, it doesn't really matter anyways. Also, I'm already seeing reports on here when I look online. People have talked about how the stock price crashed a good ch- like by about 10 bucks mm-hmm. from 90 to about 79 and now it's back in like the mid 80s. There's already reports about people buying Activision stock on the upside just cuz they have big games coming out. You have new COD coming out. You have new Far Cry coming out, I think. Or is that Ubisoft? It's Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, but there's like I do wonder if there's the uh, if part of the Activision Blizzard strategy is just to wait it out because new games from Activision will put the stock back up at a higher price. Probably. I mean, it's not like the stock is underperforming that crazy, you know, like a crazy amount. They were down to eighty nine dollars at the beginning of the year. This is still I mean, as far as like if you were to look at the five year graph of Activision Blizzard. Like in 2019, they were down to $42. So they're still like outperforming recent history as far as the value of the stock by a mm-hmm. by a wide margin. If anything, if the new games end up like being very successful and everything like that, and and they have a really great um, fourth quarter. The stock could go. My God, the stock could go above anything it's ever been, probably. It's possible. It's definitely possible, which is crazy to think about that. It only dropped ten dollars. Right. You said mm-hmm. this is in the mm-hmm. 90s and it's now in the 80s. <laughs> it was it's for a, a couple of days. Now it's mid. Now it's mid 80s again. It, it's a significant drop, but like nobody, nobody's going to be short selling uh, Activision Blizzard more than likely. Right. The, the people who are interested in, in investing into 
the stock market are going to go the other way, especially when you think about the people who are in the in the high, the upper management part of Blizzard as well. Last thing about this, too. It is incredibly frustrating when you think about the Blizzard's put out statements for Overwatch for World of Warcraft. Like they've put out like they have put out statements regarding games a couple times over the past month. But still, there's been nothing regarding these employee demands. Nothing at all. And it's it's super disappointing. And I think if anything, we can look to the stock drop being not as significant as it could have been, maybe being a large part of why. I said, or was or not a significant anything as it's been painted to be that it's going to rebound. Yeah, it's a lot easier for it to to go up back to that ninety dollars range than it is for it to drop further. If the people, you know, the people with the real money, if they're they're not short selling it, and obviously there's not a lot of movement on that if the stock isn't continuing to drop. So I think that should be. Uh, example enough of the public needs to keep the pressure on more than anybody else like we can't stop talking about it we've said this every we say this every week but we're going to continue saying it every week last bit of news to cover um the league put out an update for the overwatch league 2021 postseason on august 25th saying that with how originally the plan was to do postseason in dallas and then to do the grand finals in LA. Unfortunately, since we originally announced plans for the postseason, the environment has changed significantly after continued consultation with our teams. We are no longer confident that all of them will be able to travel to the United States for their full rosters. We have therefore made the difficult decision to pivot from live events centered around Dallas and LA and will instead return to Hawaii for postseason competition. We will share more details in the coming days about how this will work, including updated dates for playoffs. The global nature of the Overwatch League is one of our most important strengths and core to the spirit of our competitions. But beyond that, the health and safety of all of us remains a top priority. Thank you for your continued support of the Overwatch League and for your understanding of this challenging situation. So let's let's diagnose this a little bit. Well, not diagnose, I guess. Let's step back on this a little bit. When this announcement was originally made, um, Things seem to be rapidly improving as far as the vaccinations, with things opening up, with travel becoming safer. This did not seem like the craziest idea in the world. It seemed like a relatively like solid idea. Obviously, with the Delta variant ramping up, with un- with COVID rates still at very high levels, with plenty of states, including Texas, which is where playoffs are supposed to be, um, banning vaccine mandates and other things that are meant to keep people safe there's it is not as medically safe as it was a month and a half ago when this was announced it just plain isn't well the the other part is logistically it's basically impossible to get every single team to dallas like i think that's another part that people kind of forget about as well is like they they weren't going to have any chance of getting teams that were in play-ins or playoffs to dallas to actually play and that's a problem if you can't have everybody everybody there, then then you you completely destroy the integrity of what you're trying to do, right? Like like the the competitive integrity would have been gone. So mm-hmm. it's better to cancel it, especially because you don't want to get your fans sick. Because we know, especially Texas, as far as um, how bad COVID is, kind of running rampant through there again. There's kind of no point in going. 
So there was multiple factors that sort of led to this. And I I think the fact that it was the that people weren't able to get visas was probably the final straw. Mm -hmm. And you saw a variety of reactions to this. Number one, this is not a perfect solution. No, it's actually a pretty bad one. People wanted a black and white perfect solution. Okay, well, this is will 100% solve every single problem. This will fix everything. And number one, that was never going to happen. Um, I agree this isn't great, um, especially now when we talk about with Hawaii. Um, there are certain, because this is happening, there are certain uh, things that are going to be included. Number one, we talk, well, so let's talk about the Atlanta rain specifically. Um, Gator, of course, came out with a bu- with a couple different statements talking about how this is just the league failing to make good decisions over and over again. And um, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. The way he came at it at first, people thought that maybe he, he, well, didn't, because he didn't first put it out a very good, like he didn't explain himself very well at the beginning. So people weren't sure what he meant by that. Well, and also he kind of has a certain attitude that he carries on social media, especially with stuff regarding blizzard. I mean, you saw his same like similar tweets when five V five was announced. So there is a certain like the the way he presents himself on social media off the bat isn't great as for like when regards to this. Um, so he already said some stuff. There's stuff regarding the rain that needs to be put in here because Pelican is on. Pel- so because of Pelican's collapsed lung surgery or collapsed lung that he went through a couple weeks ago, he apparently isn't on. He can't fly right now mm, yeah so that would mean he's not able to actually even travel to hawaii if they make it oh and they're, they're making it so he wouldn't even travel to hawaii for playoffs yeah um he does make a couple of good points because people came people came at him with like you don't are you like i really hope you're not trying to make light of this or i really hope that like you're not trying to make light of the fact that people are dying from this disease but he has a decent response of why do my if that's true, like that's true. But why do my me and my teammates have to make another 15 hour trip to Hawaii in the middle of a pandemic while the other region does not? Um, we talk about how. And this has become more and more apparent as we've gone through the stages, because I think I'm I'm guilty of this, too. At the beginning, it's like, yeah, like they get to like whatever they get to fly across, like they get to go to Hawaii. It's like a vacation where they play video games a little bit. And that's very far from the case. They're flying. They have minimal practice time. They're playing on completely different setups that aren't theirs. Like you you have your keyboard and your mouse, but like it's not your, it's not what you're used to competing in. Often it's a time change. You're going on little sleep. You're going on little practice. And it's a significant time change. And meanwhile, the APAC teams don't have any sort of change to their schedule. They play earlier in the day and that's it. It's a significant time difference to go from Hawaii to anywhere in the continental U.S. So it is it is definitely a major change for teams. I don't know how much they should still have a decent amount of time to sort of adjust, at least for playoffs. Like, that's one good thing. But one of the people who is sort of most on task with, like, getting Gator to clarify more what he's saying, really addressing him was Ms. Liz, which she did a really good job. So I want to put props to her to really getting him to explain what he means 
right? And and he talks about how he would have rather they just done like last year, where you have a, a a bubble quarantine the teams. Like, sure, somebody's gonna get screwed over, but at least you can have competitive integrity, right? That's what well, matters idea, to the player. The idea of also having just a separate playoffs and then having one one team from each go and play for the finals, which what I think gets kind of lost in this whole thing as well is that the part of it is that like it's apparently we talked about visas. It's incredibly hard for Americans to get into South Korea right now, but it doesn't have to be South Korea, I think is one of the points too, that can be made, right? Like it could have been anywhere, anywhere you can get everybody to go if it's possible. And maybe that's, See, this is where it's hard to know this. This is probably a failing on the Overwatch League's part that they didn't have some sort of contingency better than this. Right. Like you had to like I think one of the things that should be most frustrating for people is that this is clearly the contingency plan. There's clearly none. Right. Like, Like Hawaii is not a good contingency plan. I think even Blizzard like Overwatch League themselves can admit that the Hawaii thing is a solution but it's not how you would have wanted playoff like like the most important tournament, the one that matters the most to you, right? The one where competitive integrity matters the most. And what makes it even worse is that if you look just across the hall, there's this other game called League of Legends that they're getting everybody a lot more teams too, all to compete in one place and actually have worlds happen. So mm-hmm. that's the other problem that that they face is that they have a, t- a-, a-, a sport just like them that has teams from all around the world able to have a location where everybody can go. So the Overwatch League gets mud on their face because of this, because they are getting outperformed by another league that's in the same situation as them. Mm-hmm. And it has it's more really teams, f- more teams. It's really, really frustrating. Also, from what it sounds like, Paris would not be able to come. Because nope. it's almost impossible to get out of Europe right now, which I don't know if it's from that or I don't know how that would have worked fine for them to go to Dallas, but for them not to go to Hawaii. It should also be noted, Hawaii is also se- like getting severely battered by COVID right now. That's part of it, too. It's not like they can go to Hawaii and Hawaii is just as like perfect and clean and there's no issues there. Like. Hawaii is not in a good spot right now to even accept people like this. It's the the tourist. Well, here's the unfortunate part for Hawaii. Their economy is solely based around tourism. So the only way that they're going to survive is by letting people come to Hawaii. Right. So they are in the predicament where they have to let people in. But it's there's not enough people for, for the spread to be caused by people in Hawaii. Right. So it's clearly from people from the outside. That are making that happen in Hawaii. So that's the 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 really unfortunate position that the state is in, where they really don't have a choice because without it, they don't survive. As far as their their economy is concerned, concerned. So that that's been their decision. Which I mean, if you want to put people at risk health wise, that's I I don't like it, but that's been the case. Well, and so what I actually do agree with Gator's point on this, which I kind of had to take a while to think about it. Even from the competitive, like even aside from the competitive integrity aspect, which like that is very important. The sacrifice as far as like potential exposures or possible danger is not equal either. Yeah, 
but that's I mean, it, it would still be bad at Texas, too, though. Like, oh, no, 1000 percent. I what is most frustrating overall is what we already is what you already said that there was it's clear there was no contingency plan. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway. And just look at at Riot and uh, Worlds for this year and you can see a team or a, a league that clearly had a plan like they were going to have really big events like like they were going to China, like China always pops off for for league. They always have, ma- you know, major crowds and they're not going to be doing that this year. That's actually that's a major loss for them. But they had a contingency plan to still have the competitive integrity that's needed for their game. Yeah, well, at any rate, we'll be back online for play-ins. It is dif- it's disappointing to see, although let's be honest, it is not kind of par for the course for Overwatch in the past year and a half, two years or so. A um, couple of things to look at before we wrap up this week's episode. We did get the map pool released for the postseason. Why is this? Oh, why is this a video of Watch League? Just show me the maps. Just show me an article. Um, so for Control, we have Oasis, Busan, Ilios, and Nepal. Sorry, this is so long. Apparently, this is just the video as we go. And Li Jiang Tower, which has been what we've seen in the past. Escort will be Havana. Will be Route sixty six. Will be Dorado. Hybrid is going to be. Eichenwald, Numbani, King's Row, and Assault is going to be Hanamura, Temple of Anubis, and Volskaya. So pretty much the standard, I think, what we've seen for the past couple of months. Not a huge amount of change. What even? I'm trying to think of what maps to even take. I mean, because like Rialto's not in here. Neither is Junkertown. I don't know. I kind of forget what maps we don't have in here sometimes. Well, it, like you said, they didn't like make it easy on us to like have it. So thank you, Washington Justice, because they have a actual picture. So to go quickly over it, Ilios Oasis, Busan, Nepal, Li Zhang Tower, our control. Um, those are all good maps, right? I think we kind of expect that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any surprises there. Um, control's pretty easy as far as maps. That is a lot of maps, though. I'm a little surprised that there's I mean, I guess because you play it twice. That's why you have it. It have more maps than the other map types. Like, I don't think there's any like there's no benefit here in control. Like everybody's played these maps like nothing's a surprise. The only one that maybe. There might be teams that favor one over the other. That would be like some of the different differences for control. But there's so many maps. It's it's kind of just whatever. Escort, though. Havana Route 66 Dorado that that's kind of what you expect right I don't think there's any surprises there yep pretty standard I looking at I think Havana will be the map that gets played the least if I had to guess I guess it depends on the team too you know if you're a team that wants hit scan then maybe you go there yeah I would imagine I think people would just way rather pick people would way rather pick Route 66 or um probably Dorado I feel like Dorado, Dorado would be probably the most popular pick of the three. Um, I guess it depends on how you view that third point. Um, the third points are always really hard, though, on Escort anyways. But Dorado's is pretty rough. 
Um, Route 66 is this, though, too, and same with Havana. I think Havana is the one that ends up being played the least. I could be wrong, though. Last thing to talk about as well, um, we have a more standardized bracket for the play-in tournament. Um, we'll look at APAC because it's first because it's pretty straightforward. Uh, match one is going to be September 5th to the, at 2 o'clock a.m. PST. Spark versus Fusion. We've talked about this. Whoever wins that match goes on to face the Soul Dynasty. Whichever team wins from there will advance to the playoffs. Who are we feeling out of this one, Lobo? Do we think that the Fusion actually make it all the way through or do Dynasty get to go on to the next round? I don't know. Dynasties look pretty good as of late. Um, they've been able to beat the Fusion as of late, too, if I'm not mistaken. So I think Fusion I favor here more than than or sorry, Dynasty I favor more than Fusion. Um, but I, I, I just don't see the spark in it at all. Unless Coldus is like that big of a difference maker or something when he if he even plays, who knows if they'll actually play him finally or not. But I, I do think Fusion has a chance to beat the Dynasty. I think it will be a very good three versus four matchup. That's what I think is going to happen. I just don't think the Spark are going to beat Philly. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think if Fusion can actually. Soul has looked so good in non in souls looks really good most of the past couple months i think especially we know how they kick into gear for the playoffs i think that they'll come ready to play i think this is pretty much this is on fusion to overcome the dynasty i think rather than it being like an even match necessarily they cannot solely be relying on alarm um i i i'm i think a lot of, a large part of this too has to to deal with what is the hero pool for like, not that there's a hero pool, but you know what I mean? Like the heroes that will what matter, is the meta? Yeah. What is the meta pool? Yeah. What's 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 in the what's in the meta? Because Carpe's done a lot better on Tracer as of late. But if I'm being completely honest, the things I want to see Carpe on are hit scan DPS. I don't really want to see him on Tracer. Not that he's a bad Tracer, but is he a Tracer on the same level as a prophet? No. He's not. He he's just clearly not. So from that standpoint, I hope that we, you know, for if they want to have a chance, they should hope, I should say. I, I don't really care. Um, they should hope that Hitscan comes back in some sort of way. I don't think it is because there's no patches that are coming through that are gonna change Hitscan for that much. Ash might be a factor though, and that would mean that Carpe can be a factor. All right, and going into the NA bracket, the teams have been picked, so we know a little bit more about what's going on. Um, match number one is going to be September 4th at noon PST. Paris Eternal, uh, the Washington Justice picked Paris for their match. And then at 1.30 p.m. PST that same day, it'll be Boston Uprising versus Toronto Defiant. The Shock will pick, will have their pick of whoever wins those two games. And then the Outlaws will get the other matchup. Um, who do we think? We've talked about this a little bit last week, but just think, just to kind of follow up on it. Between Paris and Justice, who do we see moving forward? I think Paris. I, I have no confidence in Washington right now. I just don't. No, they I'm right there with you. They haven't been playing well the last few play um, tournaments. Uh, they didn't even make it into any of the tournaments, so. I, I have more faith in Paris than I do in Washington. 
I'm right there with you. I Washington has struggled to catch up on new metas literally every single time without getting time to play and actually decide what they like to do. I don't think this I I'm feeling Paris in this one. Boston Uprising versus Toronto Defiant. I'm feeling Toronto more for this one, honestly. Boston, yeah. While they've looked like good in certain stretches, they just have not shown, I think, what I what you need to have in order to get over that hump. They definitely looked better in recent time when there was no hero pool, so maybe that helps them out. Again, Ash potentially being a factor um, makes a little bit of a difference for them because Color Hacks, again, another player who's very good on hit scan DPS. Maybe you get him back into your rotation a little bit. Like there's there's ways for this to go better for Boston. I do think that if you're picking favorites, Toronto, not just because they're the higher seed, but they they've been the better team, especially as of late. So it's hard not to pick that. And then looking at looking from there, who would you expect the shock to pick according to that scenario for their matchup? God, um, it's really it, it feels like it's kind of a coin flip between Toronto and Paris. Um. I think in recent memory, Toronto's had the worst time against San Francisco, so they probably would pick Toronto. I would avoid Paris if I were them. That's at least if memory serving me correctly as far as how the, the performances have gone the last time they've played each other. But I I don't know. You could you could probably flip a coin. I don't know if it really matters. I think Shock are going to be able to advance past either of them because I think the Shock have continued to look better, especially as of late. I think Ons is continuing to get better. And oh, yeah, Ash is probably going to be in the meta. Makes a difference if he gets to play one of his best heroes. Yeah, someone made the point too. like, man, are we setting up for Boston to knock the outlaws out again? For for the second year in the row, if if Boston wins, San Francisco picks Boston. Right, like like there's no Mm -hmm. way that they don't. I'll be honest. I think if Paris takes it, if Houston if Houston gets to Paris, I think Paris wins that matchup. I don't know. I like, and that comes less from a I think who's a better team, and more that I just don't expect Houston to stay solid solid in like a playoff situation. I think and again, Toronto's the better be- team right now too. And if you think that, then I guess if they get Toronto, you definitely think they're losing. Like, uh, yeah. I think shock will take. I think shock is moving on to the playoffs pretty solidly. I'm pretty confident in that one. This is Houston's match to lose. If there was a time for them to really come together and start to look like the Houston that we thought there could be at the beginning of the year. Now is the best time for it to happen. So. I I, I think that they can make it. I do. I I, if I'm picking, I'm still probably picking Houston. I think that's still the safest bet. I'm right there with you. I would really like it if Houston makes it. You're not. You're not right there with me. You're like, oh, they're going to lose if they have to play against Paris. It's like, wait, what? You're not there. You are. You're a Cubs fan. You're You're a Cubs fan. I'm not there. I hope I wish to be there at some point, but. When they finally do it, you will be. But if they don't, then then you will be very. I I will be waiting for the DMs of Angus. Yes, sir. But in the meantime, that's going to end it for episode 117 of Push the Point. 
Thanks for having us. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. As always, leave us a follow. Well, we'll talk about the Twitter again in a little bit, but leave us a review on your pl- podcasting platform that you like to use. Helps people find us and it makes it easier for people to just let us know what they like about the show and what we can improve on. Yep. And if you want, you can join us on Discord and, you know, maybe play some games with us when we do that. But it's a really cool community anyways here for Mash Those Buttons. And to do that, you go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and it'll keep you up to date with your favorite shows from the network. There's a few which you're going to hear right after we're done. Stick around. There's some really, really good shows. So definitely stick around for those. Patreon.com slash mash those buttons to to support the network directly as little as one dollar a month and you get access to Patreon exclusive content. It's always some really cool stuff there that Ja puts up. So definitely check that out at Pushpoint POD if you would like to suit to follow us and you know keep updated on what's happening with the show. Whenever we have special guests, anything like that, that's the place where you'll find out all that information. Push the point at gmail.com. If you'd like to email us. Yes, sir. If you want to follow Labosco on Twitter, you can find him at a very handy dandy handle, which is at Labosco. Yep. Simple, easy. White Sox were in a crazy game yesterday and then lose seven nothing today. I don't understand baseball sometimes. But anyway, where can they find you, Ramses? On Twitter at Ramses underscore OW for all my stuff. And that's going to be it for episode 117 of Push the Point. Thanks for hanging. We will see you next week uh, to go into the play-in bracket. Have, Have a good week. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 